There we go. What's going on, man? I didn't hit the start stream button. Can you hear me? Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. Can't hear me? Doesn't look like he can hear me. But we're live, so we're going to jump this uh, show back off the right way. The website called The Black Bookie, which is very cool. You got to stop by and check that out. And his slogan is, and I haven't hit this before, I'm going to hit it this time because it's the best one. His slogan is, if you snooze, you lose. And indeed, that is the case. There are only so many money making opportunities to be had. And he's going to tell you where they all are. It's the one and only Black Bookie. It's Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe, how are you today? Good evening, America. Welcome to the Snooze You Lose podcast. I'm your host, Uncle Joe. This is a sports and a sports betting podcast where the motto is and always will be win together, lose together. Thanks for joining us here on Millions. We are also live on YouTube. If you are new to the show, new listeners, old listeners, you know how we rock. We don't try and take up too much of your time. Make sure you guys follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Bookie. For those who don't know me, I am a sports better. I uh, was used to be a big sports fanatic, but I've trans transitioned over to the sports betting side of things because, hey, these guys are getting paid. I got to get my money, too. So we're going to off. We're going to dive into sports here as well. But we're also going to be talking about sports betting. If you want to check out my plays, you can follow me on Twitter at the Black Bookie or on Betstamp at the Black Bookie. If you are listening to the show after it is live on any streaming services, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend to tell a friend. If you're checking us out on YouTube as well. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn that bell on, get your notifications. We tried to get my man, JT Housen, on the show as he is going to be joining us Mondays as well to uh, talk about a play that he likes for the day. So we're going to try one more time to see if we can get him in the chat. So give us a second. Hope everybody's enjoying their Labor Day out there. And uh, like I said, thanks for joining us. We got a lot to talk about. It's the dog days of the MLB. Only 25 or so games left. We got awesome tennis going on at the U.S. Open. The NFL kicks off this week. College football has already kicked off, so we got a lot to talk about. I'm going to try and send him this link to see if we get him back in here. But I appreciate you guys joining. Tell a friend to tell a friend to get some more people to join. Uh, first time going live, I don't, not going live, but doing my show live. So we're going to, you know, we got to work out some kinks. We're new to this. I appreciate millions reaching out to me to even give me this opportunity. So we're going to figure it out together. Let's see if we get my man house in here. Try it one more time. You're there, but you're blurry, man. What's going on? Can you hear me? Oh, you know what? You might... Got too many issues with that. So we're going to have to try and figure that out. Maybe another time. Oh, what's going on, man? Can you hear me? I don't hear you, though. I see you can hear me. I see you shaking your head. Can you hear me? But I can't hear you. Say something. Yeah, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Can't hear you. Might have to try and uh, try this next week, man. I can't hear you. I don't know what's going on. If you're muted or if you're on the phone, you might have to do it from a laptop or a desktop. 
but I can't, we can't hear you. But make sure you guys follow him underscore bet the house underscore. How's the play looking? Which one did you go with? Twins or Cubs? Which one was it? You went up with you went with the twins? Twins first five. Let's check it out. Let's see. Let's see if my man house is onto something before we dive into the topics. Whoa. Nine one. That that's a, we call that a rocking chair winner. So you guys can't hear him, but his play would have been twins first five, and they were up nine to one in the third inning. So that's why you bet the house with house. We're gonna try and figure out audio issues and get it to go on next week. Uh, so he can get on here. But make sure you guys follow him. The play is also posted on Twitter, underscore bet the house underscore. That's a good way to start it off though, man. Nine one in the third. I could uh we could pretty much say put the money in the count. That one's gonna cash. So great debut, even though we can't hear a damn word you're saying. We know it's a winner and we'll take it. So we're gonna try and figure it out for you next time and see what's going on. We have to do another test run, I'm not sure. Uh, but thanks for stopping by though, and we're gonna get dive into the show though. So like I said, we got a lot to talk about. Make sure you guys, uh, for me, no real official plays for this Labor Day. I'm more focused on the show today it was the first one, so I want to make sure everything was going well and obviously a blunder already with uh, not getting our host audio to work. But I just, uh, a small parlay for me, I took the Brewers and Clemson. We'll talk more about college football towards the end of the show. Um, I just think Clemson is reloaded. Duke really wasn't battle-tested last year. So I think uh, the Clemson Tigers come out today, make a statement, national TV, show that they're there for real again, and they're probably going to steamroll this Blue Devils team. And also for the Brewers, which we're going to talk about as well, games they can't afford to lose, a three-game lead on the Cubs in the Central. So games they cannot afford to lose, facing the Pirates with your ace on the mound, got to get that one. So Brewers, Clemson, parlay for me. I believe you can't get on it now. The game already started, but the Brewers are up 2 nothing, so that's a good sign. So I believe they'll win this game, and so they should hold on. Like I said, games they cannot afford to lose. So Brewers up 2 nothing early. We just need Clemson to take care of business. But let's, stick, uh, let's stay here with the MLB. A few things I got to talk about. I, I, There's some star players I got to talk about first. Then I'm going to dive into where I see things finishing out, these last 25 games in division races and wildcard teams. Then we're going to jump to the NFL, finish it off with some college football. And that'll be about it for us. Like I said, new listeners, old listeners, we don't try and take up too much of your time. So make sure you share the stream, tell a friend to tell a friend. And uh, let's get right into it. The LA Angels. Uh, I got to talk about this one. The Angels were just swept by the Oakland A's in Oakland. At the deadline, the Angels decided to keep Shohei Otani, and go for a wild card spot. Because we have to remember, even though you kept Otani, it wasn't like this team was going to compete for the division. They, they weren't close enough for that. So they kept Otani to fight for a wild card spot, which I thought was stupid. And it's proving to be stupid now, and it's completely backfired on them because they have absolutely imploded since the deadline. The thing with Shohei, it's amazing to see, right? A guy pitching, a guy hitting, and not just doing both, being dominant in both. Uh, won the league MVP last year, won the AL MVP last year, 40 plus home runs this year, a stellar starter on the mound. 
But the reason why it's amazing to watch and the reason why no one's done it since Beirut is because it is too hard to sustain. It is just not sustainable at that level, at this level, at the major league level. It's not sustainable to be that good on both positions for 162 games. It's not ideal, it's not realistic, and it's impossible. And we've seen it now two years in a row where he's gotten hurt. He got hurt this year again, he tore his UCL, he shut him down, he can still hit, but he can't pitch. It's just not realistic. And not only is it not realistic, he's had to do it while carrying this team. It's not like he's just showing up and doing his part. He's tried to carry this team to a wild card spot. He had to pitch a complete game shutout just to beat the Tigers. We saw him pitch in the WBC. He's obviously pitched this year. It's not, it's just not, it's impossible to keep that workload up for a complete season. And now the Angels have shot themselves in the foot because he ain't coming back. He's not coming back. I was critical on Shohei. If you've listened to the show before, if you haven't, you go listen to my old shows. I was critical of him before when he was having talks of, you know, he wants to win. He, he's here to win. He wants to win. And the reason I was critical of that is because he made his choice to go to L.A. The Angels were not the only team bidding for him when he was joining the MLB. He had other options. You did your research. You saw what this team was. They had the best player in baseball, and had, he's been to the playoffs one time. We already know this isn't a winning organization. So I was very critical when he came uh, last year when he was complaining that he wants to win. So now it's another season where he's done all he could. Not only are you not going to win, you're not even going to make the playoffs. There's no way I could see him coming back because he clearly doesn't seem like a guy where it's about the money. He wants to win. And I think the next team that he does play for, I think the logical thing to do if you still want to capitalize on what he can do on the mound, you let him be a closer. You let him still DH. You let him pitch the ninth inning, maybe sometimes the eighth and the ninth. But he can get a five-out save. He, he, can, you know, he, can, he can be the bridge to close the game. But for him to start and hit, it, it's, just, it's not realistic. This is not a video game. This is real life. You clearly see it doesn't last. He's gotten hurt every year. He can't do it. It's not realistic. It's not sustainable. That's why nobody else does it. We Players do it in high school, a little bit in college, and that's it. At this level, at the major leagues, and the level that he's doing it at, it's not sustainable. I think it would be ideal for him. Imagine, like I said, we, like I just said, we saw it in the WBC. Imagine him coming in. In the ninth inning, throwing 95, 97, gas. We saw him do it. One, two, three, struck out the side, got Mike Trout out of there. They win the WBC. It, that makes the most sense. But for him to be a starter, and you expect him to hit 40-plus home runs, 90, 100 RBIs, and get you 10, 12 wins on the mound, it's just not realistic. It's not realistic. And then now you have Mike Trout talking about he needs to have a meeting with the front office to see the direction? First of all, that already lets you know the indication that Otani ain't coming back. Whether it's been whispers or that's just how he feels, you can already, when the star player comes out and says something like that, he can already tell things are in trouble. 
But Mike Trout, who the hell are you? Because you signed a 12-year deal. You ain't going nowhere. There's nothing to talk about. The only thing to talk you need to talk about is with your accountant. There's nothing to talk about with the Angels front office because, once again, you made the, your decision. You made your bed. You have to lie in it. You signed a 12-year, $35 million a year contract. Well, you're not going nowhere, my boy. This is it. This is your home. There's nothing to talk about. The team ain't going to be good next year. They ain't going to be good the year after that. The year after that, it's going to be a long rebuilding process. And unfortunately, it's going to happen during your prime, and you're going to continue not going to the playoffs. You're going to continue to miss the playoffs. You are going to be top three, top five players in the league, and you will not see the postseason. That ain't nothing to talk about. When you signed the dotted line for that contract extension and they gave you 12 years and made you one of the highest paid players, that's it. This is what comes with it. Saying you you knew what was you saw what was ahead of you, you saw what was going on. The team wasn't winning back then. They're not gonna be winning now. Otani's definitely gone. Rendon's gonna bust. Like I said, they the worst thing, if you wanted to talk to the front office, it was at the deadline when you should have moved Otani and got a lot of a bulk load of assets for him. You would have got MLB-ready players, obviously. You would have got prospects, whatever you wanted. The sky would have been the limit. But now, there's nothing to talk about. All you could do is get help. The year's over, so don't even come back. Rest up and, and do what you do again next year and miss the playoffs. Pete Alonzo. I'm, this, is baff, this is baffling. I am confused that a handful of players had to appeal for Pete Alonzo's return to New York Mets. It, this is literally a head-scratcher. Because, and it worries me because it, it makes me think maybe Cohen, Big Daddy Cohen, with all the money he has, maybe he doesn't know what's going on. Because I don't even know how this is a thought. I don't even understand how the players would have to even rally to present this as a proposal, that this is something that needs to be done. There is no free agent besides Shohei Otani that is even close to the talent Pete Alonso is. It's not even close. There's not a single player that's going to be available besides Otani that is even close to what Pete Alonso brings. Not only is he the face of the team, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. Let's break it down, just numbers-wise. 40-plus home runs. He just hit his 40th home run yesterday. There's still 25 games to play. 40-plus home runs. He's now the fifth player in history with 40-plus home runs in three out of five years. Fifth play in history. He has 19 multi-home run games. That's the third most by any Met. Do you know the next best hitter that's going to be available in free agency? Cody Bellinger. Stud. Good player. Great piece. World Series champion. Cody Bellinger has 23 home runs and 84 RBIs. 
Pete Alonso has 40 home runs and 100 RBIs with 25 games to play on a terrible in a terrible lineup. It's insane to me that the players would even have to vouch for this man to not be a lifelong man. This is your David Wright. This is your new David Wright. Pete Alonso should never wear another jersey besides the New York Met one. There's, there's nothing to talk about, nothing to discuss. Because if you don't get Otani, like I said, because that would that would be okay. If you know for a fact you're going to get Otani, if he's got some connection with Senga or something like that, and you know it's going to happen, then yeah, I can kind of get it. It's going to be hard to pay both of those guys. But if you don't get Otani, which you're not guaranteed to, it's not even close. And even if you do, while he may be a better player than Alonzo because of his dual threat with pitching and hitting, he's not going to be the face. He can't relate and talk to the fans and be the face and do the commercials and everything like Pete does, like Pete has been doing. When this team blew the division lead, when they lost the wild card game at home, Pete's been there for that. Pete's been there for these people. When he started ripping this jersey off, Pete Alonzo started that. Otani's not going to bring that to New York. Yeah, he's, he's going to bring W's. He's going to bring fans. But to be the face and the voice of a fan, that's, that's, those are two different things. The only Mets with three seasons with 100-plus RBIs, like Alonzo has done now for th- the third time, David Wright, Carlos Beltran, and Daryl Strawberry. That, that's, that's the company he's in. David Wright, Carlos Beltran, and Daryl freaking Strawberry. But the players had to speak up to keep this guy? It worries me. It, it worries me. I mean, I'm happy that the guys in the locker room know how important this Pete Alonzo is to the team, but it worries me that it even had to come down to that. Because it shouldn't even be a thought. It shouldn't be a conversation. And there was talks that the, the Brewers tried to make a move for him at the deadline. That got shut down. It shouldn't even be a thought. It shouldn't. It, he should be untouchable. You know how certain guys are untouchable? Like Aaron Judge, right? Aaron Judge is going to play for the Yankees for a very long time. Same thing. Pete Alonzo should not We, I should be in a wheelchair if he's still playing for another team by the time he's playing for another team. I'm going to break down the AL and the NL quickly where I think things will finish, division races, strength of schedule, et cetera, et cetera. Once again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in on YouTube, on Millions. If you are listening on any streaming services after the show, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend to tell a friend. First show, I know it's going to grow. It's Labor Day weekend as well, too, but wanted to kick it off because we're going to be, our shows are going to be on Mondays because I like to recap the week. I like to get you guys ready for Monday Night Football. We got, obviously, football kicking off this Thursday. Chiefs and the Lions, we're going to get into that. What I think about that matchup, any looks that I'm looking at for that game to bet on. But, yeah, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate this platform. It's the first show. We're going we're gonna to get it right. We're going to get it going. And uh, I appreciate you guys being a part of it. In the NL East, obviously, that's the Braves division. It's over. The Braves have been dominating that division since April. I believe the Phillies will definitely get a wild card spot. And they're going to be a tough out. I think Philly's going to be a tough out. They got a lot of bats. 
Trey Turner seems like he's starting to hit. Of course, you got Swarber. Bryce is Bryce. Boehm is having a really good season. So the Phillies will be a tough out because they also have arms. Now, do they have a Justin Verlander or, you know, an old vintage Clayton Kershaw? No, but Zach Wheeler is a competitor. Uh, Taewon Walker is a competitor. Aaron Noll is a competitor. Those guys are going to come out and give you a shot. Anytime those three step on the mound, you got a chance. Are, are they all lights? Wheeler's had some moments where he's been absolutely lights out. But without a doubt, when those guys are on the mound, they got a shot. And then, like I said, they got the bats to go with. So Philly's going to be a tough out. I think the Marlins are going to miss the wild card. Um, they just haven't. I mean, they just had a really good series against the Nats, took, swept the Nats four straight games, but it's going to take more than that. And I just don't think they have enough yet offensively or really in their rotation to, to get that final wild card spot. And the Central, we touched on it briefly, Brewers with a three-game lead over the Cubs. The last three games of the season will be Milwaukee versus Chicago in Milwaukee. So those games are going to be huge. Um, looking at their schedule, the toughest team the Cubs play for the rest of the year is going to be the Diamondbacks. A very favorable schedule. The Diamondbacks are also fighting for a wild card spot. But that's going to be the toughest team they play over the next 25 games. And the toughest team the Brewers are going to play, the Marlins. So I believe the Brewers are better than the Marlins. And the Cubs-Diamondbacks, yeah, it's kind of close. I would lean Chicago a little bit, but... It's not it's not a landslide because the D-backs got arms. Gallon, Carroll, uh, the D-backs got some arms in that rotation. So it's not a landslide, but that's the toughest team they're going to play. It doesn't get much easier than that. So it could come down to that final series. Both of them have a very favorable schedule, but it's going to be which team capitalizes, which team does go when they have to play St. Louis and make sure they take all three. You know, that's going to be the, really the difference. In the NL West, Obviously, same thing. That's the Dodgers division. It's impressive to me that the Diamondbacks and the Giants are even still in the race after both of them have been on nine, ten-game losing streaks this season. Um, I lean Arizona slightly because, like I just said, I believe they have the better rotation. Uh, but you can never count the Giants out. The Giants just always kind of figure out a way to be in the mix. But they, they are too streaky offensively. Too many games where their offense has just fluttered. Uh, so I lean Arizona uh, over the, the Giants, but it's impressive that both of them are even still in contention. And that just shows where, you know, like I said before, the Marlins, those are, these are teams that the Marlins could have surpassed if they were able to capitalize on certain situations. And the AL East, the O's with a two-and-a-half game lead on the Rays. Shout out to the Orioles, man. Heck of a season. Heck of a team. Exciting. They got the, the splash thing, the splash dude in the, in the, in the crowd spraying all the fans with the home run. Uh, they got a four-game series. September 14th to September 17th in Baltimore. That will probably decide the division. Looking at the schedule, the O's have the easier schedule down the stretch. But those four games, mid-September, Baltimore obviously at home. And that's big. You already got a two-and-a-half game lead, so that, that's going to be crucial. In the AL Central, the Twins got a five-game lead, five game lead over the Guardians. I'm not really sure how the Guardians even still in this race. Uh, losing Bieber was a huge blow. Another team that's just not 
consistent offensively. The names are there, but just hasn't panned out. But the Twins are not a team where you can't catch them. You got a shot, but you have to you have to do it quickly. Because their only chance, the Guardians' only chance to make the playoffs is to win the division. They're ten and a half out in the wild card, too much ground to make up. So their only chance is to try and catch Minnesota. And I, I would, the way things have gone, the Guardians haven't shown me anything to where I think they will catch the Twins. And then in the West, this division pisses me off. The AOS pisses me off because who the hell wants it? That That's what it comes down. Who the hell wants it? Let me tell you what these stupid teams have done and how they affected, affected me financially over the last two weeks. Seattle. Lost two out of three to the damn Mets. It just can't happen. That, that can't happen. Texas. What an implosion though, the range. I don't know if they're, they're trying to break a record or something like that. What a collapse the Rangers have been on. Since August 18th, the Rangers are 4-11. and 11. And during that stretch, they had lost seven straight games. This is a team that acquired Max Scherz at the deadline. They acquired Chapman. He's supposed to help out with the bullpen, which is clearly their biggest issue. Until null and void. Null and void. 4-11 and 11 since August 18th. The Astros, another pain in my ass, swept at home to the New York Yankees. It just can't happen. Those things can't happen. When you got a seven-game lead, all right. When you're a game behind, tied, it can't happen. Yeah, dude, are the Yankees still an MLB team? Absolutely. You can't get swept at home. It's inexcusable. It's absolutely inexcusable. Texas and Houston is currently in a stretch right now where they have three games against each other. And let's see. That game was early. And the Astros took care of business 13-6 to over Texas. They're imploding. Like I said, it's an absolute implosion. Make that 4-12. and 4-12 and for Texas since August 18th. And they're just imploding. Now, I don't know if the pressure is on. Or what, but uh, I'm still going to go with the Astros just because they're proven. I think Seattle will slip into that wild card spot. But once again, Mariners lose two out of three to the Mets, come back today, lose to the Reds. Cincinnati, another good team, scrappy, exciting players. Dela Cruz, you know, respect to them, but can't happen. Can't happen. They started the game five, it was five nothing uh, Reds in the third inning and the second inning. Can't happen. Can't happen when you're in a playoff race like that. Inexcusable. So that's what it comes down to. Who wants it? Who wants it? And at this point, it seems like nobody. But if I had to, gun to my head just because of history, I'm going to go with Houston. I have no confidence saying that. But I'm going to go with Houston. I know you football guys, thanks for holding on. I know you guys are all jacked up. Football's back. You're ready to put your pads on. But remember, this is September. This is September. This is baseball time. This is baseball time. But the NFL is here Thursday. I hope you guys did all your drafts and your fantasy football and you're ready to go. Chiefs, Lions, Thursday night football to kick us off. 
Minus six and a half is the line, Kansas City. If this was maybe eight and a half, ten, maybe you could sway me to take the Lions. But, I mean, Chiefs opening night at home. Could be a slow start. Coming off the Super Bowl hangover. Could be a slow start. Maybe Lions first half, not a bad look. But there's no way. I know I'm sure a lot of public money is going to be on Kansas City. But there's just no way I can't take Pat Mahomes at home against a, a Lions team where I don't know. Does this Lions team take a step back? I've talked very highly before on previous shows about Detroit. I love what Dan Campbell is doing. I love the culture he's built, building there, the atmosphere. But a lot of times Detroit over the last two seasons, they were comeback kids. A lot of games where they just had to rally, come back 10 points or more. They battle. They never quit. That's one thing I do love about the culture that is there. But that ain't going to work against Patrick Mahomes. You can't get into a shootout or down 10 or, or, you know, two possessions to the best quarterback in the league in his building. It's just not It's just not a key to success. And then with the Lions, like I said, you another team, too, where you're not slipping under the radar anymore. Before, you were able to surprise a few teams where they're like, oh, it's just Detroit. This, it's still the 0-16 Lions. Nobody, you know, not saying that people are – I mean, maybe people are. I mean, I'm in uh, one of them. And people aren't picking you to win the division, but you, you're not going to just go unnoticed anymore. People are paying attention to you. They're expecting you to show up when you're on the schedule, and they're going to play you like the team that you're supposed to be. So also losing Jamal Williams. I know they did draft Jamar Gibbs from Bama to try and fill in that hole, another explosive running back. But, I mean, also looking at the numbers, it's Kansas City and the Patrick Mahomes era has averaged 38 points per game in week one. 38 points per game in week one. I just don't see Detroit being able to keep up with those type of numbers. Like I said, NKC, if anything, maybe Detroit first half, maybe you could kind of catch the Chiefs slipping, celebrating with their rings and the banners going up. Maybe you could come in there a little bit early, but second half, I see KC falling away. So I would have to go Chiefs minus six and a half, or maybe even throw Kansas City in a parlay with another team. But I just, that's the only way I could look Lions. If somebody wanted to take Detroit, that's the only way I could see it. And that would be going with the Lions first half. But Chiefs full game and definitely minus the six and a half. I'm sure, like I said, a lot of public money is going to be on KC. But that's the only way I could go. Looking at quickly week one, two games that kind of pop out to me right off the bat. I mean, Jags, Colts week one. The line opened up at three and a half, or actually at three. It's up to minus five now. It's a division game. You know, these division games, anything can happen. But it's an absolute circus in Indianapolis right now. Just an absolute circus. With everything that's going on with Jim Irsay and Jonathan Taylor, it's an absolute circus. Anthony Richardson, his track record to me, you know, people are talking about all these plays that he's making in practice and these one-legged throws and all this nonsense. Yeah, that's cool, but he still has never really played in any big games. And this is only week one. This ain't, you know, it's not a playoff game or the Super Bowl. It's not that big of a game, but it's still a big game against a, a very good team, a team that's right up there. The Jags are up there to me. I mean, obviously you got the Chiefs. You got the Bengals. Jacksonville ain't far off. They got something to prove. You got Trevor Lawrence with another year under Doug Peterson. The Jags are coming out to prove something. They are not to be slept on. They are a team to reckon with. 
I just think they come out and take care of business against the Colts in week one. Like I said, it's a division game, so these, anything could happen, but it's just so much of a turnover and new culture with a new quarterback and head coach and what's going on with Jonathan Taylor. Like I said, I just don't see the Colts coming out and doing anything in this game. And then I also like Minnesota over Tampa Bay. I know the Vikings have lost some pieces with Dalvin Cook and Thielen, and, but Kirk Cousins at home over Baker Mayfield, I'm going to take my chances. Until Baker can prove something to me, I'm going to take my chances. Do you see Super Bowl for the Jags? I, it's not far off. I mean, that's a lot because of, like I said, the Bengals and KC. They still got to get over those two teams first. Those are, I would have to say those are still the favorites in the AFC. I uh, appreciate the question as well, but I don't think they're far off. And like I said, Trevor Lawrence getting another year under Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, the same guy that took Nick Foles and that Eagles team to the Super Bowl. It can only help. Uh, also acquiring Cal- Calvin Ridley after he came from his suspension, which, by the way, please, for the love of God, NFL players, stop gambling. For the love of God, stop. Just stop. I don't understand how so many of you, the one player that you were, he was doing it in the facility. For the love of God, stop. Get, stop. Go to the casino at least. Get, give the money to your boy. Have your boy go to the casino and place the bet. Stop logging in on FanDuel with your credentials and your, your geolocation and everything like that. Risking your job and losing money to, to make a quick two grand or something on a, on a wager. But Calvin really are also two for the Jags. I think this, like I said, this Jags team is not to be messed with. I think they really, they're going to be really good. I think they're going to really improve. And that's my sleeper. If I had to pick a sleeper, because like I said, you know, we're kind of repetitive that, you know, who the favorites are with the Chiefs, the Bengals. I know everybody, you know, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, but you know how things go in New York? Never as planned. Not wishing bad on the Jets, not saying anything negative. But you know how things go in New York. Never as planned. And if the Jets start off slow, because their schedule is no cakewalk. If they start off slow, that New York media, the expectations, it could snowball fast. Fast. So, yeah, it's possible. Uh, That's my sleeper. Uh, You can put me on record for that. Jacksonville is definitely my sleeper because it's possible. But yeah, those are my those are the two that stick out to me. Jags week one, it's a circus in Indy, and like I said, until Baker Mayfield shows me something, I would take the Vikings over uh, Tampa Bay week one in Minnesota. And then I just want to end the show with a little bit of college football. We talked about it briefly. Clemson Duke tonight. We got Clemson in a parlay. Let's see how the Brewers are looking. We got Clemson in that parlay with Milwaukee. Burns gave up a two-run shot. So now it's 2-2. So we need Milwaukee to get back and take the lead. But we got the Brewers money line with Clemson money line. That was our parlay we gave out. Make sure you guys, if you guys want to check out my picks, follow us on Twitter at the Black Boogie or on BetStamp at the Black Boogie. Um, Duke Clemson tonight. Like I said, we just think good draft class for this Clemson team. I think Dabo Sweeney's looking to show that the Tigers are back. They're going to look to make a statement here. Duke not really battle-tested last season. So I think Clemson comes out and steamrolls the Blue Devils. But also, 
I went in the show with him. He said he kept the receipts. Y'all owe him an apology. A lot of y'all was yapping. A lot of y'all was yapping about Colorado. Y'all, y'all have been yapping. Forget Colorado. Y'all have been hating on Dion since Jackson State. Everything he does, y'all despise. And all he does so far, I know it's only week one, but all he does is keep winning. You got. We have to put things in perspective. I get it. It was a huge turnover. Like, oh, you got. Uh, oh, he's this, he's making a mockery of the transfer portal, and he's ruining some of these kids' lives. They don't even want to play there anymore. They're leaving. So the hell what? Like he told them. He go watch the footage. He told them in orientation. Some a lot of you ain't gonna make it. You're gonna leave. You're gonna hate it. Go, go watch. Urban Meyer does the same thing. Go watch the Florida Gators uh, documentary that came out. Same thing. A lot of you ain't going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're going to hate it. A lot of you will quit. A lot of you will want to leave. A 20-point dog on the road with, uh, I mean, essentially a brand-new roster from, from head to toe. Not only covered, which is all we care about, they won the game outright. 20-point dog, and everybody and their mom was on TCU. I saw maybe five people that was back in Colorado. Everybody and their mama was on TCU. Y'all got to owe Prime an apology. But what I will say, now next week, they got Nebraska, and the line is out at Nebraska minus two and a half. And as a sports betting mind, I have to take Nebraska. As much as I'm rooting for Colorado and as much as I'm rooting for Coach Prime, that line is says to me that they are begging and pleading for everybody to take Colorado. Because, right, it would, it would only make sense. Oh, this team was just a 20-point dog, and they won on the road, and now they're at home and they're a dog? Why wouldn't it? They're going to win. They're going to cover. And I'm going to absolutely responsibly take Nebraska. I have to, because that's what that line says to me. It seems like a trap where they want everybody to take uh, Colorado, and I have to go the other way. Because there's no reason if Colorado is going to win this game then or cover that they're not at least the favorite or this game's not a pick em. The fact that they're giving Nebraska almost a field goal after Colorado covering a 20-point spread on the road against TCU, a ranked TCU team, I got to go Nebraska. I got another Brad. We'll, we'll talk about it next week and see if I was right or not. But from a sports betting aspect, I got that's the way I got to go. But y'all old Coach Palmer, an apology. Y'all always got something negative. Unbelievable. It is. Un- I appreciate that.